Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. They have come on staff to help uh, this ministry that we believe is going to grow. We haven't had, uh, you know, uh, a, a number of assistants uh, stay very long, but we believe that God's going to do something here, and we're extending this staff for that reason, and we're privileged to have him back on the island of Guam. He's from this church, launched, uh, I believe, into Wainai, was the first place, I believe, that area of Metro Honolulu was there for a while, then moved around Hawaii, came back to Agate for a time, and then went back to Hawaii again, but we're blessed to have him back, him and his family. He's going to minister the Word of God tonight. Let's give him a warm welcome. Praise God. We want to thank you for coming out this evening. Thank you, Pastor, for the awesome privilege to come and help serve you in the Mother Church. And we want to thank you, faithful folks. And if this is your first time visiting with us, we are especially glad that you've come to be a part of all that God is doing, especially in this weather. Some of you had to come in a canoe, but we thank God that you're here to be a part of all that God is going to do. Let's bring out our Bibles. And let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I want to minister a message I've entitled Rights by Revelation. You know, I was watching the recent Budapest Olympics. Maybe some of you have been following, but the United States of America is at the forefront once again. And I still believe, how many tonight still believe that the United States of America is still the greatest nation in the world today? How many still proud to be American this evening? And so I was watching this and it began to feel some um, pride in being American and being born in this privilege. Yet living in this great nation, there are many Americans that take for granted the rights that we have. The rights to bear arms, the rights to speak, to have an opinion. And especially in the kingdom of God, there are believers that take rights that have been given to us for granted. And we have been given authority. The Bible says, Jesus says, I give you power. All power comes from me. And in the text that we're about to read, we discover there are certain rights that Jesus gives to the disciples. And then he gives, of course, to us as believers. We're going to read Matthew 16. 13 to 19. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. The son of the living God, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 
And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Rights by revelation. Let's talk first of all, revelation. Let's lay down some groundwork here before we continue. Jesus, he brings his disciples into this place called Caesarea Philippi. The very place he brings them to is a place where the ancient Canaanites, they built an altar to Baal and where both Greeks and Romans built an altar to Pan. So obviously they are trafficking in false idol worshiping. This is a place of the demonic where demonic transactions are conducted. This is a place of demon worship where people trafficked in the supernatural, a place of sexual immorality where they were sacrificing babies to these false gods. Does not this sound like the society that you and I live in today? And this is the place where Jesus brings his disciples and he asks them a very simple question. In our text, Jesus is asking a question that regards himself. His first question is, who do men say that I am? And I believe Jesus, he starts this off with a question of secular opinion for a good reason. He wants to see if his, disciple or, uh, his disciples are aware of what's going on around them. And this is a good practice for you and I to do. This is a question of honesty. I want you to ponder a question this evening. If you were to ask your coworkers their opinion of who you are, what would they say? Would they say that you're lazy, you're always late? Or would, you, would they say you're a hard worker, that you smile, there's a joy of God in your life? Jesus asked this question, who do men say that I am? In other words, he's trying to make a distinction. He's trying to make a difference because, because the second half of his question, he says, but who do you say that I am? In other words, it doesn't matter what secular opinion says. Yes, they may say that I'm John the Baptist. Yes, they may say that I'm a prophet of the Old Testament. Now that we've established secular opinion, what is your opinion of me? Who do you say that I am? From all the miracles, he's talking to his disciples. From all the miracles you've seen. From the raising of Lazarus from the dead. From healing blind Bartimaeus. Who do you say that I am? Where are you spiritually when it comes to what I mean to you? And the reason why I want to make a point is because, listen, beloved, all of Christianity comes down to this revelation. All of Christianity, all of who we are here in Victory Chapel comes down to this text. Simon Peter answered in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the anointed one. The Christ, you're not just a good teacher. You weren't just a good man. You're more than a historical figure. You are Christ. You are God. And this is hard for the world to come to this revelation. But yet the book of Acts chapter 2, this is exactly what the revelation came to the 3,000 souls that were saved. Acts 2 verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And the rest is history. These 3,000 souls, they come to the revelation that Jesus Christ was more than a Jew. He was more than a man from Nazarene. This man was more than a good teacher. He is God and he's still God today. And they unveiled the most powerful truth that God has anointed. God Almighty has made Jesus Christ Lord and Master. This is a revelation by which you and I got saved. That it was my sins that put the anointed God on the cross. Jesus Christ is what makes you and I who we are today, Christians or Christ-like. This is powerful. This confession, beloved, this revelation is powerful if a sinner would grasp that they need Jesus. So going back to the place where Jesus brought them to, the place of the demonic, a place where they trafficked in worshiping false idols, a place of child sacrifice, a place of sexual perversion, immorality, what is your confession? How about you this evening? In the face of everything that is going on, abortion, racial divide, the LGBT agenda, the woke agenda, the anti-Christ society, the worshiping of idols by Instagram and Facebook, the profaning of God's name on every TV streaming site. In the name, in the face of all mass confusion and the demonic, what is your confession? What is your revelation that you have come to? That Donald Trump is God's, is America's only hope? Absolutely not. Jesus Christ is still the only hope for America. It's still the only hope for the island of Guam. Is he still Christ to you? Is he still God? Or has popular opinion swayed you? Because there are many Christians, stars, celebrities who name the name of Jesus, yet they have abandoned this revelation. This is a revelation of dominion. This is a revelation of authority and of power. This revelation breeds the favor of God. Verse 17 Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And we have this amazing confession and this revelation that secondly gives us rights. As soon as Peter confesses this revelation, Jesus gives us a promise and he gives us rights that we have as believers. Let's discover these promises or rights. First of all, verse, verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. So the first right we have as believers is that Christ is the builder of his church. What an amazing promise. In other words, because of this revelation, because of this confession, Jesus Christ is going to build the church. You got to be reminded the place that they're at. They are in place. Of course, I'm going to remind you again. They are surrounded by demonic entities. False worship. 
false idols but that does not matter there isn't a place in the world that god cannot build his church i'm here to declare to you any place in the world jesus christ will build his church <clears throat> god is the builder and we are the laborers. psalm 127 verse 1 unless the lord builds his house they that labor labor in vain this is a powerful revelation we think just because we're passing out flyers we're evangelizing bringing people to church that we are responsible for the building of the church thank god we can evangelize thank god we can pass out flyers but understand that jesus is the builder of this church christ is building his church and he can do more in 10 seconds than we can do in 10 years Psalm 118 verse 16, the strong right of the arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. And this is a promise we have as a church. This is a right that we can plant any church on any place on this earth and Christ will build it. Iran, Iraq, America, Russia. China, India, the island of Guam, Israel, and now again into Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam with the Cassidy's. Christ has said, I will build my church. So first, Christ is the builder. Secondly, verse 18 again, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So secondly, our righteous Christian is not only is Jesus going to build his church, he's going to defend it. What a promise, what a right that we have as a church that the demonic and the wicked forces of hell cannot triumph over the church. Christ has said, not only am I building it, not only am I establishing it, oh, but there is no power of hell, no force that can harass them, that can bring my church down. There is no power of hell that can stop what God is doing in the earth. Oh, but pastor, the devil, he, he's so powerful. I beg your pardon. God can squash the devil like a bug, squeeze him like a zit and slap him out of existence. Oh, the word of God is filled with all promises and rights that we have as Christians. Let me remind you, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Oh, but pastor, don't you hear what's going on in the church world today? They are allowing this and that. They're ordaining perversion. Listen, church. First John 4 verse 4. You have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. You're probably worried. Worried. You're probably trafficking in fear because you have not tapped into this right zechariah 9 15 the lord of hosts will defend them psalm 18 verse 2 the lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god my rock in whom i take refuge so jesus is saying because of this revelation not only will i build my church hell cannot stop it then Jesus goes on to give us our next right. Matthew 16, verse 19. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
I don't know what floats your boat this evening, but that makes me want to shout. You're saying, Pastor, what are you so excited about keys? Keys represent authority. Keys represent dominion. You have keys to your house. You're the only one that has them. You're the only one that has authority to unlock it. And Jesus is saying, I give you the keys to the kingdom. No one has authority to enter your home unless you have the key. And Jesus has given us the keys. You know, I remember when I was an immature disciple. I know it's hard to believe that this evening. But on my first job, you know, I, as a single man, very unwise in my ways, I'll fellowship till one or two in the morning, wake up late, didn't make it to prayer, go straight to work. I'll find myself a nice, hidden, dry spot while the boss went to go do errands and just lay down for a few minutes. Minutes turned to hours, and my alarm clock, listen to this, was when I would hear the keys jingling. My boss has returned. I would wake up. I would put some water on my face, pretend I'm sweeping the same spot all over and all over and all over again. But the moment I heard the keys meant the boss was coming. This was the boss who had the authority to sign my check. This was the boss who had the authority to hire and fire me. He had the keys. And this is what Jesus is giving us tonight. Behold, I give you power. Behold, I give you authority. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you I give you authority I give you rights so let's close and talk about recognize now that we know the rights has been given unto the church and unto believers what will we do with those rights you know just earlier this week we were talking in the office and I was reminded when I went to Delhi for Pastor Cluck when he was there as a missionary my first time in this wonderful place and I remember I was standing in line and I'm standing for an hour I asked the, the airport worker there in Delhi I said hey what's going on why isn't this line moving and he told me you need to wait in line and I remember an hour passed and then another hour two hours passed and I'm getting frustrated now I remember I finally got fed up which seemed to be three hours at the time. I got fed up with the line that I went to the worker and I says, listen here, I have a U.S. passport. And to top it all off, I have a signed visa to enter the country. And as soon as I showed him my passport, he says, sir, you're in the wrong line. Let's go. And within two minutes, I was into the country. Pastor Clucks thought something had happened to me. That there was a riot and I was martyred. But listen, I had the right. I had the authority. But I did not enter in. And many Christians, they have a right. They have an authority, but they don't walk in that dominion. Just like I mentioned earlier in my sermon that many Americans, they have rights that they do not exercise. They don't vote. They don't go and get the, the right to bear arms. 
even though many of them are mentally unstable, so I suggest they don't. That was free. That wasn't even in my notes. But listen, I recognized that I had a right, and they recognized that too. Can I tell you something? As soon as you begin to recognize the rights that you have through Christ Jesus, hell recognizes it as well. Hell recognizes. I've realized this evening that many Christians, they have the keys, they have the rights, but they do not operate in spiritual power. They lack dominion, just like Pastor preached this Sunday evening. They have no dominion over the emotions. They're losing battle in their minds. They're wavering in their faith. And they lose because they do not recognize and exercise the rights we've been given. Well, the, the devil's attacking me. What is the devil doing attacking you every day? He's on your back? Come on, somebody. Just because a bird lands on your head doesn't mean you needed to build a nest. You need to tell the devil that he is a defeated foe, that as a child of God, I have the right, Satan. I'm submitted to God. Flee, and the devil will flee. It's easy to neglect the revelation of who Jesus is. Remember, church, we have these rights because of the revelation of who Jesus is. And it's very easy to lose sight of who Jesus is. Let me tell you and let me bring you a statement this evening. What you see on television is antichrist. What you hear on the radio is antichrist. What you hear on the job side is antichrist. But I'm here to declare in spite of this crazy world that he is still Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We need to consider and recognize what may be hindering God's power from working in your life. First of all, we must remove all distractions. In our text, they are surrounded in a place full of distractions. Idol worshiping, altars built to false God. Yet in the place of the demonic, Peter and the dis disciples were able to come to this revelation. That's why it says in Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore seeing that we are encompassed about with so many great cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. In the world that we live in today, it is so easy to get distracted. It is so easy to lose sight of what God has called us to do, to be ambassadors and representatives of his power. Matthew 10 verse 1, Christ, he gave power to his disciples. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. And then in 11 verse, uh, verse 11 down to verse 15, he gives a very interesting command. Listen to this. So Matthew 10, 11. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go out into a household, greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust off your feet. In other words, Jesus says, I give you this power, but whatever town you go in, don't be distracted. In other words, church, we, are, we have been given 
our commission we've been given our launching orders to go into all the world and preach the gospel and while we're preaching the gospel we are to main focus on the vision of our fellowship lastly in closing and very importantly to exercise your rights and step into the promise of God you must be submitted to authority let me I mentioned the keys Jesus says, I give you the keys. This evening, the keys don't belong to us. I said, the keys don't belong to us. They've been given to us by Jesus. In other words, we are stewards of his power and of this authority. And the moment we move from that, we move in our own power. The moment we say, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own ability. We deviate. From the keys that have been given to us. Matthew 8, 9 through 11 shed some light upon this truth. And when Jesus had entered Capernaum, there came unto him a satyrian, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The satyrian answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And the reason why he marveled, because he recognized this centurion man recognizes the power of of authority you know when I was there pioneering in Honolulu the first time I remember I was going out there and we were trying to gather as much people we were running about five to ten people yet I was not keeping in contact and communication with my pastor and I am scratching my head frustrated months passed by and I called my pastor said I'm ready to come home He told me, because you're not communicating to authority, you have no dominion in your ministry. And he began to help me, began to refocus. And the moment I contacted more communicative, listen, church, that church grew. Because there is power when someone submits themselves to authority. James 4 verse 7, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How about you tonight? Have you been operating, feeling hindered, your power, you feel a lack of power, lack of dominion in your life? Maybe you're losing mind battles. I'm here to tell you, this is a night of deliverance. This is going to be a night of the supernatural, but you must come to the revelation. Listen, I am nothing without Christ. I am nothing without the authority God has placed in my life, the authority of the church the local pastor, the local church. Listen, church, we have rights. Now we have to exercise it. How about you tonight? What is hindering you from operating in this great enterprise, the kingdom of God, walking in dominion, walking with power? And I believe that every believer here, you can walk with dominion and power, not just on a weekly basis, but on a daily basis. Because that's the rights we've been given. I want you to bow your head this evening. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries 
from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.